coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. All right, and a happy Tuesday to you. As we go to air, we are about an hour ahead of time, but... You know what? Just pretend that you're an hour behind as well, because that's exactly what we're going to do. We're on with uh, Andrew Lawrence, who is the Rapid Response. Uh, what is it? A, what, give me your title exactly. I know it's Rapid Response, Andrew, with the Media <laughs> yeah, Matters for America. Director. Yeah, Deputy Director of Rapid Rapid Response at uh, Media Matters. There you go. Does the Deputy Director get deputized with a badge or anything like that? Is there anything formal? There's a whole ceremony where I get knighted, actually, in, uh, in the Media Matters offices. Oh, this sounds like a lot of fun. You guys are a fun bunch. Well, anyway, we are just actually going to uh, our conversation when we get the news here that uh, it's just coming down Twitter that the suit between uh, Dominion Voting Systems and Fox News has been settled. But I'm looking. Do you have? Do you see any details? I'm not seeing details just yet. Absolutely nothing. No, no details right now other than, you know, my assumption is that it's going to be for an awful lot of money. Mm. Yeah, I mean, everything that we saw rolling out beforehand, whether it was meant to be uh, leaked or not, uh, painted a picture where even those who were doing the cooking inside Fox News knew that they were cooking something pretty awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the the judges today announced that he was appointing a special master to look into Fox News trying to hide evidence during this case. And I think that really freaked out the uh, Fox news executives probably caused them to, to up their number quite a bit. And, um, you know, I mean, look, I, I'm very disappointed. This isn't going to trial. We were already learning a lot about Fox news, but, um, you know, you can't blame dominion for, you know, they're probably becoming close to billionaires overnight and, and you can't really blame them for taking that. I was just going to ask you if this is like uh, get, getting the getting the job at covering the Super Bowl for Sports Illustrated maybe and then they tell you, yeah, they just decided to do a coin flip. Well, and you see, you know, I mean, there are dozens of reporters outside of that courthouse uh, out there and there really wasn't, uh, there weren't really hints of a settlement coming either. I mean, it, it seemed like this was destined to head to court and, um, you know, they got it done at the eleventh hour, as these big money deals are are you know usually happens right right when there's they're up against the clock, and yeah. and so I guess that's what happened here. Um, but it is you know it is disappointing. I think um, for anybody that that watches Fox News like I do, um, sort of understanding what they are and and how dangerous they are, um, I was I was hoping to get more information about the inner workings and and more financial pain for for Fox News, for sure. I feel like I'm watching The Wizard of Oz. The dog just pulled the curtain back. We've seen The Wizard, but like we're curious to see more about what The Wizard's able to pull off with all that machinery, and now we're not going to get to. Right, and what we've seen so far has been so bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it just it makes them look so, so bad that I, you know, I can't help but wonder... What else is out there that they're trying to hide right now? Oh, come on. We, it, it's, that's the thing. I keep wondering when in this country are we going to have that fever break where mm. enough folks just say, you know what, we've, we've been had, we've been conned. I'm tired of giving money to these folks. I'm tired of paying extra in my cable bill to make sure they have Fox News. I just keep waiting for that fever to break, and it's not happening. Well, and not even, you know, even beyond all that, I mean, you have people that are that are literally dying because they're listening to Fox News. You have people that, that you know, if you look at the uh, the COVID rates in red states and Fox mm. News viewers, um, because Fox News is, has been, you know, pushing uh, negative COVID vaccine statements and saying that vaccines don't work. Um, you know, you have people that are that are rotting away in jail right now because they believe Fox News is 
um, election lies, you know, and showed up on January 6th to storm the Capitol because Tucker Carlson told them that, that they should. Um, and you're right. Like, eventually, you would hope that that, that these people would, would get sick and tired of it. I mean, it, it, they're ruining lives. And, um, you know, I think I think that there are it's, – it's, it's really sort of a chipping away process, though, you know? I mean, it's just a little here, a little there, and, and hopefully over time it, it, it all adds up. We're on with Andrew Lawrence, who is the Deputy Director for Rapid Response at Media Matters for America, uh, mediamatters.org, by the way, and uh, they'll gladly take your donation. They are a nonprofit, and they work really hard to make sure that we get all of the story when it comes to how right-wing media is covering or maligning stories in this country and throughout the world. Andrew, this made me think uh, earlier today about Fox News and uh, how they distort co- – you, you mentioned COVID, so I thought about this. The FDA is recommending uh, another booster for the immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. Oh, it made me wonder, so when does Pfizer and Moderna start looking at the Dominion case and thinking, uh, maybe we should do the same thing? Well, you would you would think that there are quite a few people and and uh, companies that, that are looking at this case and and seeing it all laid out and you know wondering why why they haven't tried to get a piece of that pie yet. I mean, you know, I mean, there's I, I don't know how how familiar familiar you are with the uh, the swamps of, of Fox News, but there's a, there's a bunch of these cases coming down. Smartmatic is another voting machine company, um, and they're actually asking for more money than Dominion was. Um, and it's, you know, the exact same type of stuff. All that evidence has already been uncovered. Um, you have a guy uh, named Ray Epps, who Tucker Carlson keeps saying was a federal agent leading the charge on January 6th. This guy is like a MAGA Trump supporter. You know, mm. he's, consi- he's considering suing Fox News. So there's wow. there's a whole bunch of these suits that could be coming down the pike. And then you also have um, shareholder lawsuits as well. And those, uh, I think one of those has already been filed, but they're expecting a bunch more of those as well. Uh, Fox News shareholders suing Rupert Murdoch for uh, not holding up his end of the fiduciary agreement that they have with with Fox News and costing the shareholders money. So, you know, I don't think this signals the the end of Fox's uh, troubles on this issue. But uh, but again, I'm disappointed. I wanted I wanted to see them sweat it out in court. You know, so it's it's your job. Well, I say your, when I say your, I mean the entire staff at Media Matters. Mm -hmm. It's your job to follow how right-wing media covers or distorts news events. How is right-wing media covering, outside of Fox News, of course, how are they covering the Fox Dominion story? Or are they just pretending it's not happening? Yeah, they're pretending they're really pretending that it's not happening. You know, there's been there's been some light defense on I would say like podcasts and yeah. things like that, but but even like Newsmax and OAN, they can't really go all in on this because they're uh, <laughs> they're facing the same types of lawsuits. And and you know, it's really interesting. I think it really shows uh, the 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 how the tail wags the dog in in conservative media. Yep. They cannot they can't criticize Fox News because a lot of their viewers are Fox News fans as well. They can't, you know, they can't come out and say Donald Trump was lying about the election because these are Trump supporters and you're going to, you know, you're going to push those people to to the uh, the next most extreme outlet, you know? So they're really going to catch 22 there as well. Um to where they they can't really criticize their their competitors because they know that their viewers would take offense to that. <laughs> I like that you put it that way, the, the, the tail wagging the dog, because that's literally what right-wing media has become. It's become an mm-hmm. outlet for the tail to tell the dog where the tail wants to go for a walk. I, absolutely. And, you know, I think that 
you know, conservative media, they're not in the business of, of like getting news out there and informing their mm -hmm. viewers. They, they are in the business of getting their viewers to watch religiously and yep. to click on the links. And that's what makes them money. And so, you know, you have these people, they're trying to figure out what stories can I tell day after day after day that's going to get people addicted to watching my show or listening to my mm -hmm. podcast or clicking on the links uh, on my website. And, you know, you see it. I Look, we could go back. I mean, you saw it with critical race theory. We're yep. seeing it with the anti-trans stuff. You see it with the, the immigrant caravan. It's it, it's all these, these things that just generate in interest in their audience and keep them enraged and engaged you know just yeah. they have to watch it they have to know what's going on and and there's a lot of money to be made uh doing that and you know i i have a personal running feud with uh a, an old radio associate of mine from back in my hometown who i call out on occasion for not just not telling the truth he cannot stand when i say he's lying because then i'm calling him a liar and then we have this whole like freeze out where nobody speaks and I, how dare i but also <laughs> the lie by omission people don't think of that as lying but sometimes when you omit facts you paint a different picture you are lying but not necessarily just overtly lying it happens so much in right wing media oh 100% 100% and you know i mean we can just take a look at covid you know it's mm. um they they don't they, they if you watch Fox News, you have no idea how many lives that the vaccine has saved because they don't say that because they can't say that because it'll piss off their viewers, you know? Um, and it's the whole thing. This is what got Fox News into this mess with Dominion in the first place. Um, they just, they can't say it. The the whole lie by omission thing. I mean, they they never provided the the counterfactual argument that dominion was making and that you know anybody with any common sense would make that that uh, election fraud didn't happen um and so yeah and that's partly why fox news is in so much trouble right now and then of course as we saw over the last few weeks and months behind the scenes and in their communication emails and text messages they know that it's crap and mm -hmm. they chose to run with it anyway face forward Right. And, you know, it's when, when you say you keep waiting for the fever to break. I mean, that's uh, like I'm waiting for the Fox News viewers to just get sick of it. I mean, they, look, these hosts are, are saying straight up like we are lying to you to get you to watch so that I can buy another yacht. And so <laughs> my boss's stock portfolio goes up. I mean, it's right there in black and white. They're saying it. And I don't know, like if I was a defender of uh, some sort of media outlet, you know, if I'm just a regular Joe watching and I'm trying to get the truth, like that would really piss me off. Like that would really infuriate me to see that, you know, I'm expending all this energy trying to defend these people and like they just hate you. They, they have such little respect for you, you know, it's um, so so I'm hoping that we start to see that break. But it's, again, it's just chipping, chipping away at it a little bit at a time, I think is the best that we can really hope for. We're on with Andrew Lawrence, Deputy Director for Rapid Response at Media Matters for America. Stand by. Got a quick break back after this. Back with Andrew Lawrence, Media Matters for America, Deputy Director of Rapid Response. Uh, again, the breaking news earlier this afternoon, there is a settlement. We're waiting on the details uh, to find out how much Dominion voting is going to be making off of Fox News with this settlement. So that's the big story. Uh, Andrew, I wanted to pivot just a little bit because there's been so much news coming out uh, over the last couple of weeks involving Georgia's very own Clarence Thomas and just how in the pocket of Harlan Crow, Clarence Thomas, and Ginny, by the way, and the family have been for a very long time. And yet last night, I know it's your job to kind of monitor what Fox News and OAN and Newsmax do, but last night I'm watching my buddy Lester Holt, NBC News. I saw nothing about this story. What's going mm -hmm. on with this? 
I, you know, I, I just think that it's for some reason in this country, if you are powerful and you're rich, we, I think we turn a blind eye to a lot of this stuff. And I don't know if it's because we're so detached from it. It doesn't seem like it really impacts our lives all that much, or if it's just sort of expected that this is what rich and powerful people do. Um, but you know, it's, and, and this is something that that Clarence Thomas has been dealing with for a while. I mean, mm. you went, you, you mentioned uh, his wife, Ginny Thomas. Uh, there have been stories going back years of her collecting hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for absolutely no reason, for doing absolutely no work. And that doesn't include, you know, her, her efforts to overturn the election and, and her involvement in the January 6th rallies and all of that type of stuff. Well, even Harlan um, Crow's involved in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just and. and and we're sitting here they're being told that, like, oh, they're just friends. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm not a billionaire, but I can't imagine, like, like giving, giving a friend, like, a $500,000 vacation. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so out there. And I would just like to see some evidence of Harlan Crow giving $500,000 vacations and Anybody buying else? houses. Yeah, just to somebody who is not in a position of power that that could influence decisions that benefit him, or, bu- or, bu- or buying that person's mom's home, fixing it up, letting her live in it rent free, and then saying, yeah. "Well, I'm going to turn this into a shrine to you later." I mean, do we think that Clarence Thomas is going to issue a ruling that that does not benefit the guy who's providing his own mother with housing? It's it's just so corrupt and it's so crazy. And you know, I mean, look, you can either. You can either be a Supreme Court justice or you can take $500,000 vacations paid for by somebody else, but you can't do both. I mean, I've seen these controversies pop up enough that I know what's going to happen is it's just going to go away. Nobody's going to do anything, and it's really, really depressing. Well, is that maybe why we're not seeing even the major news carriers jump on this story? Because nothing really, I mean, there's no ethical guideline that says, well, here's what happens when this person is caught doing this at this level in our judiciary. The the fact that there aren't any like repercussions. Yeah. yeah, the you know no ethics violations because there's no ethic guidebook for, for Supreme Court justices, and like yeah, I mean I I definitely think that's a part of it. I think that you know there's also there's a lot going on right now, but it just seems like one of the nine you know I mean right. look this guy sit this guy sits on a council that decides our day to day lives essentially yeah. you know has final say on it, and you're like it should be a giant story and a big controversy. And, you know, I'm heartened to see some Democrats saying that he needs to resign, but like until actual steps are taken, it's just, it's just noise. It's just words. In, yeah. in my opinion. I do think there is benefit in, in having those types of fights, but even the Supreme court, um, I mean, there's no, they're not going to remove him, you know, and he's not going to resign. And, you know, from, in my opinion, I think anything other than expanding the court right now is just noise. Well, okay, we can speculate about that all we want. I, I, you know, mm. I, I think I think when we know for a fact whether or not President Biden is factually going to run for re-election, mm-hmm. I think that's the minute we know if he's going to do any, you know, what they call court packing or anything like that to address the uh, Supreme Court scenario. That makes sense. Yeah, that that does make sense. All right. So uh, another revelation that uh, came out over the weekend, I believe it was, uh, the judge that decided that uh, Mifepristone was rammed down our throats despite, you know, uh, two decades of international even testing and jurisprudence. And then, of course, the FDA approved as well. We found out that this judge didn't reveal some things about his past as well. Yeah. (laughs) Another story that's not making the rounds on any of the major news carriers, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, I, something like that, there are so many cases of, of that during the Trump years. I believe this guy was was Trump appointed. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I remember there was like a week where it was like four or five stories of judges who were not even like recommended by the uh, the bar. I think it was the bar association <laughs> to become judges, and yeah. they're just getting pushed through and yeah. pushed through. Look, Republicans are having a real hard time winning elections right now. Mm. I mean, they uh, you know Trump's reelection, the twenty twenty two midterms. I mean, they should have destroyed the Democrats, and they didn't. And they can't really win win elections right now because their, their ideas are so unpopular. But they are still finding a way to get their their policy initiatives through by using the judiciary that they've spent years just jamming the uh, jamming the courts with uh, friendly judges for their causes who are who are usually um unqualified for the position it's just it's it's very upsetting um and you know it goes against what we're supposed to stand for really as as a country yeah so the judge in question is uh, matthew kasmerick and he wrote a pretty controversial article and didn't disclose it when he was up for this seat in the judiciary mm-hmm. yeah I, I, and and i don't know if you saw but there were quotes from people saying like he would not have been confirmed yeah. if, if we knew if we had known this um and it's God, it's just so frustrating because it's like, what do you do now? And meanwhile, the guy is out here setting uh, policy for the entire country right. based off of like a twenty-year-old case where where the plaintiffs have like no standing. You know, it's just I hate to play the whataboutism game, but I do like to think, and and this is I'm sure right in your wheelhouse at Media Matters for America. What if what if this were George Soros we were talking about going back to Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas? What if this were George Soros? And uh, uh, Sonia Sotomayor, could you just imagine? It, you know, in my head, I imagine the Democrats would be going on her to step down as well, right? You know, because and and you're not seeing that. You're seeing the the Republicans circling the the wagons around Thomas because they know how important he is. You know, they know how important that that majority on the Supreme Court is for them to get their stuff through when they can't win elections anymore. But yeah, no, I. Look, I think uh, I agree with you in whataboutism for the most part. I think sometimes it is a, a, a very handy exercise to play out in your head. And you're right. I mean, if, it, if George Soros had bought Sotomayor a house, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, no, it would be over. It would, it would just be over. There were, it's all they would be talking about for months and months and months. And so, you know, when you ask why isn't, you know, uh, broadcast news covering this type of thing, I think part of it is you have to put you have to sort of put the onus on the Democratic politicians as well to make a huge stink about it. I mean, I see the um, the food chain very often with these ridiculous controversies that start in right wing media, uh, start on a blog or on Twitter make their way to Tucker Carlson. And next thing you know, Republican politicians, it's all they're talking about. And then all of a sudden, that's what that's what the mainstream media is covering as well. Critical race theory, this anti-trans stuff, like there's just a million examples of that. I was just going to bring up the six-pack made for the trans activist Dylan Mulvaney and, 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 and the, the noise that Bud Light is having to endure. I tell people this all the time. You've obviously never walked into a gay bar because every beer maker <laughs> loves the LGBTQ population with that disposable income that they have have and they all love the lgbtq community good luck finding a beer maker that doesn't like the lgbtq plus well and it's just so ridiculous because this is all this isn't like an advertising campaign or anything they said uh, they said dylan mulvaney a six-pack with her face on it and she did a little a one minute long video on her twitch stream i think it was about it and that was it and we are on week number two now of them just <laughs> freaking out going into grocery stores and destroying stuff and God. you know it's and, and i 
look, I think to the general public, this stuff looks really, really weird. I mean, we have yeah. actual issues in this country, yeah. and you've got, you know, Jim Jordan talking about Bud Light and Ron DeSantis going to war with Disney. Disney World, yeah. Poor Mickey, man. But, yeah. but, but maybe that's part of the, the, the process, the, the game plan, to put so much crap into the atmosphere that we can't focus on any one big story because there's just so many of them. And I do think that's part of it. I think it is effective in that. You know, you and I and probably most of your listeners are pretty, you know, well-educated about what's going on in the world right now and in politics and all that. The general public doesn't. And, it, you know, put yourself in their shoes. All of a sudden, you go into a grocery store and there's some guy with his cell phone filming himself crashing into a Bud Light uh, display. <laughs> Say you know, and saying that it's because he hates Joe Biden or whatever, and it's like you people are weird. Like that stuff looks really, really weird, and it is not helping. But it gets clicks on stories. You know, these hardcore conservatives—they're going to listen to podcasts that are talking about it. They're going to put on Tucker and hope that he talks about it. And you know, so again, it goes back to the viewers. You know, the, the tail wagging the dog again. Well, I appreciate that you guys are on the job and on the case at Media Matters for America because I don't have the stomach to watch that crap, and it's your job too. I appreciate that so much. Andrew Lawrence, Deputy Director of Rapid Response at Media Matters for America. Thanks for the time today, man. I appreciate it. Ron, thank you so much. This was fun. Uh, I'd love to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, don't just listen to The Ron Show. Support The Ron Show. If you and your business would like to have your advertising done on this show, you know, it's pretty easy. You can drop me an email, ron at ronshowetl.com. You can also call me anytime you like, 404-919-2725. You can also just be a listener if you don't have a business. I mean, that would be most of you, right? Follow us on your preferred podcast platform by following any of the links we've got provided for you there on the podcast tab at ronshowatl.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, links there for you as well. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. So as we uh, spoke about in the last couple of segments, the Dominion Voting Systems Fox News uh, case lawsuit settled just before going to court, and now we're starting to get the numbers. The party settled for, get this, $787,500,000. I have to point out, that's about half of what Dominion's $1.6 billion ask was. But $787,500,000 is what Fox News will be paying to Dominion Voting Systems uh, to settle out of court and avoid going to what would have been, I think, an even more embarrassing court case than what we already saw coming out <laughs> beforehand. The amount represents vindication and accountability, according to Dominion lawyer Justin Nelson. Lies have consequences. Uh, Dominion CEO John Poulos spoke to reporters and said, Fox has admitted to telling lies about Dominion that caused enormous damage to my company, our employees, and the customers that we serve. Nothing can ever make up for that. Throughout this process, we have sought accountability. Truthful reporting in the media is essential to our democracy. Fox News also, by the way, put out a statement after the settlement was announced. We acknowledge the court's rulings finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. This settlement reflects Fox's continued... (laughs) Continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. Am I supposed to read this with a straight face? We are hopeful that our decision to resolve this dispute with Dominion amicably, instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial, allows the country to move forward from these issues. 
Now, I know as joyful as some of you might be that Fox News is going to be a lot lighter in the water. $787 million is a lot of money. However, it doesn't get you a professional sports franchise. It won't even get you a venue built, as we found out yesterday, a billion-dollar arena going up in South Forsyth County for, allegedly, an NHL hockey team. And if it's the one that they're eyeing, it's a poorly run one at that. Oh, welcome to Atlanta. No, $787 million is a lot of money. But I'm going to tell you guys a little something. You're going to wind up paying it. Yeah, whether you do or don't watch Fox News, if you pay, whether it be a YouTube TV or you pay for Sling, or if you're still on one of those cord services, your cable provider, yeah, they're just going to come back to your provider with an increase in rate to carry Fox News and they're going to pass that rate increase on to you. According to the website Unfox My Cable Box, a typical household pays Fox News about $2 a month or $20 a year through their cable or satellite provider, regardless of whether they actually watch the channel. If only their viewers paid for Fox News. Well, let me, let me back up a little. Again, according to Unfox, my cable box, Fox News makes approximately $1.8 billion a year from hidden subscriber fees, twice as much as CNN and three times as much as MSNBC. The network's extra high fees, which make up most of the revenue, protect Fox News from the advertisers that have been abandoning it of late. And here's the thing. Fox News makes a little more than $150 million in subscriber fee revenue, with everyone being forced to pay, it would be not even one-fifteenth of that. It would be less than $10 million if Fox News subscriber fee revenue only came from peak primetime viewers paying for it. Yeah, I'm telling you, that $787,500,000 sounds like a lot of money going to Dominion Voting, but that's about half a year's subscriber fee money from Fox News. Now, we're not even talking about the advertising revenue, which, by the way, again, has been on the decline. It's like six months of their subscriber income. And you know they're not going to lower that carrier fee. I'm telling you, they're going to go to YouTube TV. They're going to go to Sling. They're going to come to Comcast. They're going to come to your cable provider and seek more money because they're going to talk about all of the viewers that they have. And not about all of the viewers that they don't. Okay, but seriously, if that pisses you off, and it, and it should, right? And honestly, why, it's the 21st century. It's 2023. Why are we not getting complete a la carte from these providers anyway? But if it really pisses you off that you are subsidizing Fox News, which continues to toxify this country's political discourse, well, visit unfoxmycablebox.com and let your provider know you don't want to be paying for Fox News another day. Today would be a great day to do that. I mean, not for nothing, but while the Dominion case was being settled out of court and the news hit everywhere but, of course, Fox News, you know what they were doing? Uh, they had a little conversation on Neil Cavuto and Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey talking about how he uses his debit card to pay for things. Well, that's breaking news. Seriously. Visit unfoxmycablebox.com and tell your provider not another penny 
I know you think it's impossible to get Fox News pulled from your cable or satellite provider or Sling TV or YouTube TV, but do you see OANN on it anymore? Can you even find Newsmax? Yeah, I know they were smaller, but they were coming for Fox News and they were picking up viewers. And now you'd be hard-pressed to find them without having to go online to watch them. If you think it would be unfair that you have to pay part of that $787,500,000 settlement, visit unfoxmycablebox.com. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. I know this is uh, normally the long segment, but the last segment will be the long segment for the show today. I apologize. We're running uh, a little short on time and trying to get this show together for you. We're going to talk a little bit more about the $2 billion. Oh, it's a $2 billion price tag for the Forsyth Arena District that comes with a lot of unknowns that we're trying to find answers to. Oh, and speaking of grift and sporting venues, there's a hotel and retail development that comes near Truist Park that's going to get $10 million in tax breaks too. Oh, yeah, and uh, if anyone's been in a coma for the rest of the day other than the Fox Dominion stuff, Fonnie Willis seems to be doling out some immunity to some key players that could mean bad news for some of the key players that aren't getting offered immunity. We'll cover that and more next segment here on The Ron Show on the America One Radio app, americaoneradio.com. Find us on all the major podcast platforms. We've got those links for you as well at ronshowatl.com. Back after this. Oh, hey, you're still here. Hey, that's cool. Thanks for sticking around. Not only am I host of The Ron Show, I'm also Ron Roberts, real estate agent slash realtor with eXp Realty. That's right. I help folks buy and sell residential real estate in and around Metro Atlanta. And we've been through a crazy couple of years, have we not? Between COVID, the post-COVID market, the craziness, you could throw an open house on a souped-up tool shed and you would have cars lined around the block to come in and see it and throw an offer well over asking price. Well, those days are no longer a part of us and interest rates are a little higher than they were before. But I must say, it's still a great time to either buy or sell or both real estate, residential real estate in Metro Atlanta. Why buy? I tell tenuous buyers all the time, if you are renting right now, you are paying someone else's retirement accounts your money, and it might as well go to you. The cost of housing in Atlanta is not going to get cheaper. The population is going to continue to grow well into the 2040s, with nearly a million and a half new residents expected to come here. So you better get a house sooner rather than later. And if you can afford to buy an investment property, now if you already own your home, why not buy one nearby you as well and create some additional income that could be your retirement savings and you get to choose one of your new neighbors. Now, if you're thinking about selling, but you're thinking, oh man, I really missed out on that huge market in the past summer or two. Okay, yeah, sure. But the values aren't dropping. So you still got plenty you've earned just by owning what you're in and need to sell soon. Got questions? Feel free to hit me up. 843-283-0078 or email me ron at rononthereal.com. Georgia MLS 396-720. Website rononthereal.com. That's me, Ron Roberts with eXp Realty. Welcome back to the final segment of the Ron Show for Tuesday. Big news day. So much so that we thought that the lead story on the show and for the day would be all the immunity deals being doled out by the Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis. But then the Dominion voting Fox News case didn't even get to court before a settlement was reached. Again, if you're just tuning in, $787,500,000 
$500,000, a little less than half of what Dominion wanted, $1.6 billion, but still nearly $800 million. That'll almost get you a new arena in South Forsyth County, minus the entertainment district around it. Anyway, <laughs> that's what Fox News will be paying for lying to you about Dominion voting. And we talked earlier with Andrew Lawrence, who is the Deputy Director for Rapid Response at Media Matters for America, mediamatters.org, by the way, great site. Uh, Media Matters for America are fantastic folks to follow because uh, they keep right-wing media on their toes. They, they keep you informed about what right-wing media entities like Fox News, Newsmax, or OANN, Wall Street Journal, or any of the right-wing pundits or talk show hosts, Matt Walsh being among them, uh, The Blaze, Breitbart, and talk radio, et cetera, and so on. Anyway, we were talking with Andrew Lawrence earlier from Media Matters, and it can't help but make you wonder, now that Dominion got theirs, they got their $787,500,000 for lying, what about, like, I don't know, Moderna? Yeah, what about Pfizer? All that COVID conspiracy stuff? When do they line up to the trough? It'll be interesting to watch as that may or may not unfold. So I mentioned earlier that uh, Fonnie Willis doling out immunity deals to some of those fake GOP electors, which has to have the others sweating it. From the AJC today, uh, in a court motion filed Tuesday, the DA's office disclosed that it had been interviewing several of those Republicans in recent weeks and that some of them accused a fellow elector of committing, quote, acts that are violations of Georgia law, the motion stated without revealing specifics, which is why the office has offered immunity deals to some of the alternate GOP electors who met at the Georgia Capitol and cast phony electoral college votes for Donald Trump after the 2020 election. So the district attorney's office filed the motion in an attempt to disqualify from the case attorney Kimberly Burroughs DeBrow, who is representing 10 of the electors. In this really explosive motion, according to the AJC.com, prosecutors allege that DeBrow failed to inform her clients about the potential immunity deals after they were offered last summer. Ooh, that's got to suck when your lawyer screwed you like that. The story continues. Prosecutors said they had been told by DeBrow and her then-co-counsel, Holly Pearson, on August 5th, 2022, that none of their clients were interested in immunity. But during the interviews with the electors last week, some electors, quote, told members of the investigation team that no potential offer of immunity was ever brought to them in 2022, which is in direct conflict with Ms. Pearson's representation to this court, prosecutors allege. That's going to sting. Can't wait to watch that continue to unfold. Uh, spokesperson for Fulton County Attorney Fonnie Willis declined to comment. Uh, DeBrow dot, did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Uh, in a written statement, uh, Holly Pearson, who used to work with DeBrow, called the DA's allegations, quote, entirely false. Sadly, the DA's office continues to seem more interested in media attention, trampling on the constitutional rights of innocent citizens, and recklessly defaming its perceived opponents than in the facts, the law, or the truth. Miss um, Pearson, you may want to talk to some of your former clients about what they told the district attorney's office because those that, that statement and what they're telling the DA's office doesn't jibe. Tell you what else doesn't jibe. This price tag on this new South Forsyth County arena development, which, by the way, will come with some infrastructure needs on the interchange uh, to get off Georgia 400 to get to it. 
Well, here it comes, folks. The Georgia taxpayer, Forsyth County taxpayer. Here's where we get to pay our part. Not only are we going to help pay Fox News in that defamation lawsuit settlement, we're now going to pay for uh, Forsyth County to have an NHL hockey team, allegedly. $2 billion arena district comes with a lot of unknowns. Uh, Greg Bluestein, Zachary Hansen at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution write a little bit about this. And, of course, as we said yesterday, there are a lot, well, I say a lot, there were a few, actually just a few, glitzy renderings. But there's a lot of questions unanswered. Like, okay, first of all, why does Metro Atlanta need another 18,000-seat arena? We already have one in Gwinnett that has a minor league hockey team uh, and a National Lacrosse League, I'm sorry, NLL team as well. We have a state-of-the-art arena in downtown Atlanta. Georgia State University just cracked open their new, it's not really called an arena, but it is. It's a basketball arena and concert venue and this, that, and the other. Georgia Tech just upgraded their venue, uh, McCamish Pavilion. University of Georgia has, oh wait, they've got the the leaky, the, the, the faltering roof, don't they? But still, there's a lot of arenas in and around Metro Atlanta. So why does South Forsyth need one when they're not actually the, you know, the, the, the folks who are, you know, pitching this? aren't ready to even talk about an NHL hockey team. And also, isn't this the third go-around for hockey in Atlanta? Now listen, I'm of the opinion hockey could work in Metro Atlanta. No, I I, I do believe that. Uh, and it wasn't the, the the fans showing up that was the problem. Yeah, the, the team was kind of run poorly and didn't succeed until it left Atlanta. Uh, I think they, they won a Stanley Cup after they left here, right? Um, went to Quebec. Um, so... It wasn't so much about uh, the venue. And, and by the way, State Farm Arena now, from what I understand, has been renovated since... Well, I know it's been renovated since then. I saw the renovations. I was there with a hard hat. But I believe the renovations done since then prohibit or make it prohibitive for there to be any, anything other than like a Disney on Ice show. Like they don't have an NHL-sized hockey rink in the flooring anymore to allow for a hockey... I mean, this... I'm sure could be undone. Again, more taxpayer dollars going to that. But nonetheless, we're now finding out that this $2 billion price tag for this glitzy new entertainment district in South Forsyth County between Alpharetta and uh, Cumming, Georgia, is going to come with a huge price tag. And nobody's talking about who's going to pay for that. See, they point now to the battery as an example. Oh, that's been great. Yes, for the Braves. It's been great for the Braves. So they spoke, actually, the AJC spoke to J.C. Bradbury, who we've been wanting to talk to for a while. He's been super busy, and I get it. He's been talking to some more important people. Uh, Kennesaw State University economist J.C. Bradbury authored a report finding it hasn't been an economic home run, the battery he's talking about. Stadiums are actually very poor drivers of economic development, he said which runs afoul of what the Forsyth County people are saying. But he's right. The battery has not done anything for the tax coffers in Cobb County that, again, a super Walmart wouldn't have done. Property values in and around Truist Park have not skyrocketed. Nope. They've kind of muddled. They're, they're seeing no gains above and beyond what the rest of Metro Atlanta is already seeing anyway. Those are the sorts of things you don't hear about. Yes, the battery has been fantastic for Liberty Media, the parent company of the Atlanta Braves. And it's been good for the Atlanta Braves. 
But I was thinking about this the other day. I was coming home and I was listening to the game and they talked about the attendance that night, 30,000 and some change. And that looks great in Truist Park. 30,000 in the old Turner Field, that would have been like half full. Well, 60% full, which wouldn't have looked all that, you know, impressive. But in Truist Park, a smaller bar, a ballpark, smaller footprint, 38,000, I think, is the attendance uh, capacity. Uh, Turner Field, it was 50,000. The old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, actually, it was larger than that. 30,000 in Fulton County Stadium would have looked like a meh night in 1986 on the old Superstation with Chip and and Skip and and uh, and maybe Pete and Joe uh, broadcasting back in the day. So, 30,000 coming to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium or Turner Field didn't turn around Summerhill, but we're to believe that it's done something to Vinings and Smyrna in Cobb County? Of course it hasn't. It's done plenty for the Braves. It's done plenty for Liberty Media. And we're all grateful that the Braves are competitive and won a World Series. However, don't be fooled, folks. This is not going to be some economic boon for Forsyth County. It's not going to spur some kind of development that's going to make anybody wealthy other than the developer, other than potentially, I guess, an NHL franchise. And the one they're eyeing, by the way, is so poorly managed that they're not even in Phoenix anymore. They're in a small town far from Phoenix in a subpar arena, which is why they're even looking at us to begin with. But hang on, there's actually more news in these subsidizing franchises and these venues. So we talked about this sometime last fall when it came to light that a new hotel development near the Battery, Truist Park, is going to get $10 million in tax breaks. And you're thinking, okay, no big deal. Problem is, once the Braves got a $300 million subsidy to build the Battery in the first place, they said they'd not be coming back for any more money. However, today, the Development Authority of Cobb County agreed to provide $10 million in tax breaks for a new mixed-use development near the Battery and Truist Park. Reading from the AJC, uh, this vote uh, came today. The hotel is a $500 million two-tower luxury housing and hotel and retail project called the Henry, which are naming after Henry Aaron, Hank Aaron. So uh, developers are going to get tax breaks for the hotel and retail elements that amount to about $160 million of the project. It will be located across the street from Truist Park with a pedestrian bridge connecting to the stadium and the battery, according to developers. The project advertised on LinkedIn as a partnership between Goldenrod Companies, SK Commercial Realty, and the Braves Development Company. Wait a minute, the Braves Development Company? But they already said they weren't going to get more than the $300 million they already got. And there's the problem. Project officials did not publicly disclose the Braves' involvement, according to the article, to the board in November when the proposal first surfaced, despite the baseball club owning part of the land, according to property tax records. The Braves gave its portion of the land to the developers in exchange for 3% ownership in the project, according to Zach Weigert, the managing principal at Goldenrod Companies. The Braves' leadership team previously told county officials they wouldn't seek tax incentives for projects at the Battery after they secured $300 million in public subsidies towards the stadium construction. Of course, the Braves are going to benefit financially from the hotel and housing and retail that could bring even more people to its restaurants and Truist Park and its uh, Battery retail offerings. Full transparency, I'm a huge Braves fan. Have been since I was seven years old. Came to my first game, I believe, 1982. Dale Murphy hit a grand slam. The Braves still lost 7-6, to six, but that was the year they went on to win the National League West against the hated Dodgers. That being said, I just don't like 
my money. And I'm not a Cobb County resident anymore, so it's not really my money, but I don't like taxpayer money going to fund for-profit entities. Liberty Media, owner of the Braves and the Battery, is a for-profit entity. So why do they need a handout? They're doing quite well, not just on the field, but in the ledger. For tax dollars, funding billionaire team ownership and millionaire athletes. That's it for the Ron Show. Back tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the American One Radio app, AmericanOneRadio.com. You missed any of today's show or want to hear past episodes? Visit RonShowATL.com. Links to all the major podcast platforms we are on there for you as well. See you tomorrow.